Now, let's get to it, old man RJ, the second part of this show, okay? Now, this second part, everybody, like we all said, it is spoilers. So if you guys have not yet seen this movie of the Batman, please step to the side because we're about to get to the nit and gritty. Now, old man RJ pertained to the movie itself. And I'm gonna explain why I was disappointed in the movie. Okay, and see if you see if you agree or you can help me with the, this factor here. No, because if you suck. But go ahead. <laughs> so, with that being said, what I did not like, and I guess I have a problem with, is the story connection to how Batman got his kung fu skills. We did not get, or at least maybe I didn't pay attention to this part. But did I get a clarification on how he learned his fighting skills? Was that Alfred, said? Alfred used to be uh, an ex-missionary. He used to okay. be uh, kind of like Alfred used to, way back in the day, Alfred was uh, kind of like a CIA agent. So kind of like what Denzel Washington is in those movies of uh, Equalizer. Uh-huh. That's Alfred right there. So what happens is, that's why Alfred says, you know, I failed to protect your father. So... I guess when they went to the movie theaters, like normally they're supposed to go watch the Zorro movie, which if I was them, I would have had it been uh, the Mask of Zorro or something. Alfred Not, gets killed. Uh, time out. Time out that part. Why would we talk about Zorro when you have the Grey Ghost? Oh, that would have been awesome. Like you if know Grey what I mean? Ghost had a movie? Yeah, you have loved the that. rights. You would have, you have the rights to the character. Why did you use the Grey Ghost? Go ahead. Well, in uh, Batman's uh, what's it called? His comic when he first uh, was adapted, the story's always been Zoro. But it makes sense that they did Grey Ghost because this world fits that uh, character a lot, especially with the bombs that happened and everything. This world yeah. fits uh, Grey Ghost because his biggest villain is called. The uh, Brown Bomber or something? I forget the name, but something Bomber. Yes, yes. Bomb. I think it's like Bomb Bomber. Yeah, it might be right. But come but, on. Uh, imagine if that was a story, you know, like he went to go watch a great ghost movie. Then who would be the great ghost? I think there's so many choices. We got uh, George Clooney could still do it because he's at that age where a great ghost was at when he retired, you know? I think uh, at this old. point. Right, exactly. I think you had a great idea when you talked about how George Clooney can make a comeback in what way, in a sense, to the brand franchise and, and revamp and, and give a positive spin point and putting that as the great ghost. He would fit perfectly for a great ghost character. And you just need the right writing team for that movie. Uh, I would say get the people from Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Uh, to a little comedic. It. Right, a little yeah. comedic, a little bit serious tone, a little bit, you know, clues and stuff like that. But yes, exactly. Right, continue. And then uh, bring me George uh, Clooney as the great ghost himself. Not just yes. the actor, but the character. Like, he could be when he retires, finally. Right. So you could you could build off of that. Um, and then just, you know, find a good story of how he connects to Batman, because if you remember the anime series, everything that Grey Ghost had, like the Grey Ghost Lair and all that, fit exactly what Batman have, had. Probably that's, that's because... why he has a connection to the commissioners, because not commissioner, but with Gordon, 
probably Greg Ghost had to come in uh, a cop that he trusted too. Yeah. But I mean, the, in the sense, though, the reason why, what's it called? The reason why you had the connection is because Batman, like, pretty much in a sense, copied his, the, as a, that's where he got all his ideas as a kid. He he, he tapped, tapped into his kid's standpoint and got most of the ideas that he saw on the Great Ghost show and utilized that for himself, saying that, okay, I could probably use that, but make it better. And it says the same thing with us nowadays where we see superhero shows like this and how can we make it better? You know what I mean? So that, that was the purpose there. But, you know, back to the whole point, though, the question here, the Kung Fu part. Is it just me or it, what do I... Do you like the fact that he learned his fighting skills from the League of Assassins? I love the League of Assassins, but I think the reason why they didn't go with it is because you'll be copying off of uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh huh. So I think in this uh, aspect, it would uh, go with a different storyline, which is where um, in a different comic books, Alfred is the one that teaches Bruce Wayne how to fight. So I guess they're going with uh, those comics instead of these. And it makes it can make sense because probably that's what Alfred would do to teach. You know, if you're uh, if you're taking care of somebody's son that you pretty much inherited now, you're gonna make sure that kid doesn't die because it's become a personal thing to you too. Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, it, it just I, you know. Okay, I see your point in the sense why they didn't copy. Okay, fine. Uh, and if Nolan was, you know, okay, let's say he did the League of Shadows. Let's say, uh, now, what would fans say right away? We would go to, oh, you know, he's copying Christopher Nolan. He he went to the League of Shadows. Me, I would be like, oh, okay, it's, we're continuing with the League of Shadows. That's cool. That means that somewhere along the line, we're going to get Rash al Ghul. Right. But what if in this time, instead of that being the purpose, you know, Right now, there's no connection to Ra's al Ghul at all. That means we don't ever know when that man's going to show up. We know Joker's out there, but he might not be in the sequel. But the minute Ra shows up, you know, it's not about, oh, heck, it's going to break loose because that's what Joker does. Right. Ra shows up, and it's a whole different chaos that could come in with them. Facts. Okay. All right, I guess. Maybe Raj is saved. Well, then also, too, maybe they're saving Raj for for another another storyline. Maybe they're thinking about bringing the Green Arrow and possibly using Raj to go with the Green Arrow. Who knows? It, it's all it's all relative at this point right now because, let's say, for instance, maybe they want to utilize the Court of Owls. Maybe they're trying to bring into the Court of Owls into this standpoint, especially into this series because of how they were doing the connection with the Asylum, and the Waynes. Am I right? Like, I did not, I think the one cool factor that we did not get uh, different in this story that we never got before was the story of Martha. The, the well, Martha you never know? had a story. Right? Never had an arc. Never had anything. The parents themselves, really, to be honest, were very <laughs> minimum. Little by little, they were starting to amp up Thomas Wayne because of possibly becoming a mayor, becoming president, wanted to do something for the city, a philanthropist and all this type of stuff. You know, those were the things we, you know, we're starting to get now. Before, they were just, uh, I guess in the, in the anime series, they were just, you know, wealthy wealthy Wayne's family. They come from a wealthy family from a long line of the Wayne's. Uh, go to the movie theater, boom, 
shot dead. That was our story before. Now we got Thomas becoming something. Now we're tapping into Martha having an issue there. So interesting. Am I right? I like it because it makes sense to the point where why would Bruce Wayne fund the Arkham Asylum? Why would he, you know, he's always been the one behind the Arkham uh, building. So now you know that it's not just because he's behind it. His family is actually, uh, he's family to it. His last name must be Bruce Wayne Arkham. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because I think Martha's last name is Arkham. Interesting. That could be it. You might be right. That so could imagine ex- that. Yeah. <laughs> that could be exactly right. And the sense of why Bruce Wayne is always so intact with Arkham Asylum and trying to get it up in the ground and helping those opening up those negative people was because he's always sought he's always sought his mom thinking that if my mom could get help, I can help these people too. And why he had that connection before. Okay. And at this moment, the guy who's behind all that in this movie, I believe, the one who's working behind the shadows and all, uh, is more Alfred than Bruce. I feel like Alfred is the one connecting Arkham for Bruce. So I believe Arkham Asylum has cameras in there that soon, in the future, Bruce Wayne is going to be able to utilize when it comes to the Arkham movies. Yeah, possibly. Might be right. Might be right there. Very interesting, to say the least. Now, speaking of the Arkham Asylum, I guess we're going to take it, you know, go a little speed up ahead and obviously let everyone know that yes there was a joker tease i think i think you mentioned that a minute ago there was a joker tease there was a little giggle a little laugh at the end connection with him and the riddler in one of the you know rooms and stuff the joker himself gave you know the riddler a riddle but the riddler got it wrong okay it technically what he was supposed to say the joker okay because there's very few of them but when you have them, they're so important, I guess. he was. I think that was the tet of the question that he said. So that is, you guys, the Joker. And as far as the character portraying the Joker, it definitely is the same actor that we all, um, we just got introduced in the Eternals uh, being the manipulator or something like that in that movie. So not bad, I guess. I guess. Not bad. I, I will give you this, though. There's one thing I realized, and again, I will say it again over and over again. Director is what makes the character. The character, you could be Denzel Washington, come out in a movie. You're an Oscar-worthy actor, but the director sucks and doesn't know how to direct you. You're on, you know, it's on you to survive in that film. Yeah, and sure. make that film blockbuster-worthy. Right here. We get this guy for barely five minutes, and he's already better than Jared Leto. And I'll say it again to those who might want to argue with me. Pay attention to the movie. He is better than Jared Leto in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Yes. I will put it like that. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. The way he, his mannerisms, the way he talks, everything about him, the laugh was even a little bit better. I would say I like this guy more than Leto in Suicide Squad. Okay, we only got like we only got not even a full image of him, just a oh ollie shaped nose, uh, 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 a uh, brief little hair, yeah, a little crazy little hair, and you could tell he has scarring around his mouth area. You could tell, but it's not the just... way he manipulated the butler, like the way he talked with them, the way 
that's how you know Joker's smarter than Riddler. Like that's why Joker is the scariest guy within Gotham itself because he's smarter than he lets himself be. Yes, and always, and the fact that he, the way he portrays himself, like telling everybody, "I'm not that smart. I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy with a gun." Yeah, like I'm just here, you know. Uh, once you catch me, it's okay. But once you catch him, you don't. That's why Batman always says, you know, no matter what, no matter how many times I catch him. Oh, he probably hasn't said it, but it's in his mind. Whatever you do, never underestimate him. He told that to Superman in the cartoons, and this is that Joker I've been waiting for. The one you don't underestimate. Yeah. So, I guess, not bad. I get, you know, there you guys, you got a little taste of it. We all did. Um, As far as other villainous characters, did you get any glimpses? uh, Any other, other Easter eggs? Well, you know, I, I guess that's given because of the fact that, you know, it's the Riddler. So, you know, obviously in the new comic books, he becomes Hush. But it's Actually, like... Hush is uh, Bruce Wayne's best friend. Uh, they changed the story in Hush itself. Hush is a guy that knows the Wayne family's uh, secret. I mean, he gets out of jail and he becomes Hush. And uh-huh. he starts targeting Bruce Wayne because he's jealous of him or something like that. And they have a big fight, so... The movie kind of like set it up to be the Riddler, but all the time it was actually Hush. It gotcha. was a different guy. But Hush is actually referenced when it comes to the final point where they're talking about the wings. Yeah. And they're talking about how he tried to like hide what happened with Falcone. In uh-huh. big letters, the word Hush pops out. Okay. Now, do you... did? Is it just me or did... Did... The Riddler actually know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Yes, and he didn't want to say it. And why is that? Because he thought he was a friend? No, because the Riddler... Here's the thing about the Riddler. What is a riddle? What's the point of a riddle if you already give out the answer? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why he told him who he is, but then he played it off as smart as he could be. You know, he's like, Bruce, so you see how he told him everything about him right there, like you know, you're rich, you know what an orphan is, like he told him all that stuff and then he changes it to but we didn't get him but the thing that catches me the most is when he approaches the mirror to talk to him he says, that's not your mask you know, no, no uh, that's the real you, you know, that's not your mask that's the real you Yeah. you should see me with my mask on because that's when I was the real me so that's how you know, yes, he knows he's Bruce Wayne. He toyed with it a little bit, but he didn't he didn't make it known to everybody else because that's not the plan that he had. It wasn't part of his plan. Gotcha. Okay. So he does know who he really is. That guess that's that's part of the thing that you know, in a sense that really upsets me because this is my thing when it comes to well, I guess this movie. Like, how easily if they found out that he was Bruce Wayne already. And it kind of, this whole thing about finding out who the real, you know, who who the person is uh, in the within the cape throws me off because it's like, then what's the purpose of the cape in a sense? Because, and what's the purpose of all, all the, the finding out and trying to figure out stuff with, you already know who the guy is. Or is it just me? No, you're right. I mean, this movie finally, it's the first time that 
the love interest doesn't know Batman and Bruce are the same person. She only knows that he's Batman. Facts. And first time ever, nobody around, even the cops, like almost every time Bruce Wayne, somebody finds out who he is. The only person that should know is Rasha Ghoul and the Riddler. The right. Riddler's always known that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He he keeps it right away, but he never does anything about it. Like he plays with it. And Bruce, you know, he always calls him Bruce sometimes when no one's around. Like, oh, you almost got me there, Bruce. No, but, he says Brucey. Don't say yeah, he says he says Brucey with uh with the way Harley does too. But then when it comes to like being in public, he calls him Batman. Right. So that's how I like it here where, you know, nobody else knew he's Bruce Wayne. The only people I knew is the girl, the old lady that works at his home, which is a nod to the 1960s Batman where he had a lady always answering the phone and stuff. And Alfred. Yeah, I didn't know who that girl was. I didn't know that, that that's a character, really. Yeah, she was a character in the 60s uh, TV series. She was always okay. around that time. That's what I like about this... Uh, about Matt Reeves' vision is that he kind of connected all the worlds within one. In a sense, in a sense, I, I like it, it. It's just not something. I guess it's not something that I'm used to, and I feel like there's still some. There's like I said, there's still something missing. Like I, I, again, I didn't like the connection between Patterson and you know, as far as Batman and then also the connection with him and Alfred, I felt like there was no connection with each other. Like, oh, because I, felt, I feel like Patterson as Bruce Wayne at the moment, he's traumatized. So he's like living a depressed life. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that. And, and that's and, why, like, if you look at his workout routine and everything, he's not really focused on working out. He's just, you know, he's there. He's doing whatever he can to just fulfill the promise they did to his parents. So he's just, he just wants to, you know, go out there. Uh, like right now, he's just beating up the bad guys as bad as he can so that they fear him. Yeah. But he's not really, he's not really out there fighting, uh, like, he's solving crimes, but he's not like, you know, how do I say, he's not at the peak of who he is. He's barely beginning. That's why he made a lot of mistakes in this movie because he's just starting. He's not focused like he should be. That's true, and especially I think what they made—they really did a good picture that I was okay with, in the sense that he really lost his focus a little bit more too when it came to Selena Kyle. Yes, because he fell in love with her. That's the first thing he's ever fell in love. Well, in this, yeah, in a sense, because I liked—I liked how they. Uh, in a sense, copied Hush a little bit there too, because with Hush, they had they had you know they had a thing and an importance for each other and you know chemistry and the love you saw a little bit there too as well, which was good, which was very good in the anime series. So I think they kind of was okay with them carrying it on into here, but just a little bit different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is, and I like the fact that she's not. Uh, a mutated Catwoman though. She's just both skilled too. And you never know where she learned. I mean, she had to be from Falcone's world. So of course probably one of the thugs within that world must have taught her how to fight or she went to school to learn. Because she, you know, you never know how, like where where she went when she was growing up. Who Maybe. she lived with. So there's two options to that. There could be 
The Raza Ghoul line, the League of Assassins connection to Falcone, possibly down the road. Or the other would be is the Court of Owls, the, the connection to him and the Falcone family. You know yeah, what I mean? And I feel like they're going to go toward Court of Owls because I think Court of Owls was more, uh, more city like. Yeah, not the city like. I think they talked about Court of Owls more here than anything else in a way where they were talking about the rich and high society. Yeah, true. And, you know, used to, you kind of wonder why they didn't do any clips in Chicago and, like, uh, most of the times with the whole Batman films and stuff. Well, I guess it made sense in this film why they did it in New York because of the outside water source. You know what I mean? The city part. That made more of a sense here in in doing it in New York than it did doing it in Chicago because it's really not that type of city like that. It's only that one side of Lake Michigan. And that's about it. There's no out, out, like around scenario. Another thing, uh, there's another villain that was briefly mentioned. He's not mentioned at all, mm-hmm. but there's a connection to him, and that's Two Face. Where was that? Salvador uh, Salvatore Maroni, I think his name is. I'm not too sure how his first name is. Maroni is the guy that sprayed uh, acid in Two Face's face that turned him into Two Face. And right now they have him in jail, so trust me, he might testify and it might lead to District Attorney Harvey Dent getting slapped with acid in the face. Okay, could be set up for part two. And it'll be a longer Two-Face movie compared to what we got in Dark Knight. Yeah, possibly. You might be right. I'm I'm not tuned in, man. I'm not tuned into this movie. Uh, I like I said, I'm always keep my optimistic open. I gotta watch it to really give it a good critique review. I it just didn't to me, it didn't live up to the hype that it that I felt like Warner Brothers was giving the hype for it. And I feel like the fact that they were trying to erase the whole Ben Affleck setup and move forward with this new Batman, and it just didn't. No, apparently, uh, this Batman is his own universe. Well, exactly, it's gonna be its own universe, but. Again, they're gonna sense be this Batman be the Batman to look forward to, but also have Ke- Michael, Michael Keaton's Keaton. back, Michael freaking Keaton's Batman do a lot of the crossovers and mentorship uh, everybody in the DC universe. So I don't know. That's what I mean. I feel like it's just it just didn't do it. I, like I, I think what we, what me and you brought up during the conversation was. I feel like if you would have had Ben Affleck's Batman into this movie set, I feel that this would be no lie the better the better. This was this was I think this story was tailor made for a Ben Affleck Batman type of situation. But the reason why I see why it didn't work or probably wouldn't have because you would have had made Ben Affleck Batman younger and it just didn't Roll that way. So this would have been that. Uh, the sad part about Ben Affleck's Batman is, I think this one is smarter than Ben Affleck's Batman. Well, again, we don't remember. We only got the ending of the Batman. So there's always me and you have always had this battle between, well, in a sense of chiming in and saying they made him look stupid, they made him look not as smart, and all this kind of stuff. But you got to look at it. Yes, that's true. So imagine if you would have brought him back into his prime and how he was Batman and why he became such an iconic figure for those that are around him and 
there's so much history that happened with the Ben Affleck Batman that we don't know that was pre what we saw in, in, in the Justice League universe. So there has to have been some stuff that mixed out, which is why I feel like is a missing key factor. This would be helpful to that if he would have tapped in and done all that with Matt Reeves and stuff. If they would have done that first, then give him, then give us this Justice League and you know Batman versus Superman thing. It would have gone a lot better. I agree with you on that. If they would have done something more, uh, what I would have done with Ben Affleck. And that's why I wanted to do a thing where we talked more about what we would have done with the DCU. I would have established Ben Affleck with a solo film. I would have, uh, like, right away, the first thing I would have done is create Superman. I would have done Superman, given Superman a sequel. Uh, within that sequel, I would have introduced Bruce Wayne. Okay. Probably at the end, Bruce helped Superman some way, somehow, you know. Um, with the fact that Lex Luthor would have been involved and Luthor would have had connections towards the kryptonite like he had in Superman versus Batman. And Batman would have been aware of that kryptonite, but instead of trying to use it to kill Superman or harm Superman, he would have used it to try, he would have tried to get to the kryptonite and, you know, steal it from Luthor so it doesn't harm the only person that he knows they have a chance to use to save the world if anything big happens. Good. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. It just would have made more sense. And and again, this story was tailor made in the sense that it didn't give us really so much of a you know uh, an origin story to how Batman became Batman. How did you know how did uh, Bruce Wayne's parents kill the whole scene that we always see all the time from time to time again? It would have just jumped into the family tree and the Arkham and the Wayne family and how this, this, and this tell me that wouldn't have been a good key factor for Ben Affleck to try to figure out within the family scene. If you would have had him and his connection to a, a Colin Farrell and, and the, the dialogue back and forth for even then the commissioner Gordon, I think him and this commissioner Gordon would probably be a little bit more togetherism compared to the other commissioner Gordon in that universe. And it, it just, I don't know. I just feel like if you would have put Ben Affleck's Batman into this scenario, changed up the timeline and not have it be a year two Batman, but have it be like a good right in the middle. I've been I've been in Gotham for the last five or six years. I'm starting to, you know, set myself up right. I'm trying to get work my way up to, you know, the increment of the the, the family and stuff like that. Um, I did have battles already where minor leagues, villains and stuff. Let's say, you know, let's say, uh, uh, not, I wouldn't say the Riddler himself, but let's say, uh, um, Joker, uh, maybe not even the Joker, maybe like a killer croc, you know, something abnormal, something where there's no, there doesn't need of a story story, you know, like a kill, like I said, a killer croc, like, uh, back and forth with the penguin because he works for the Falcone family and whatnot. Um, Harvey Dent being somewhat in the midst of it, just because he's still a lawyer, he's not yet a two face, um, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe in that type of sense, and then that way you, this movie gives you that connection. This movie will set you up to figuring out, you know, his family history, he would then have to kind of go backwards and, you know, you know, him and him and uh, Alfred can finally figure out what happened. 
And Alfred now then is going to have to come out and be like, all right, you know, you're right. I've been lying to you all these years and all this kind of stuff. And then you start to get the whole diving into alcohol, you know, him going into being an alcoholic. Well, that's and, the uh, thing. Uh, the only reason, that's the one thing I didn't like about uh, him being Bruce Wayne and Batman is he's not, even when uh, Robin died, like when Joker kills Robin, mm-hmm. he wasn't in alcohol. He wasn't over drunk. He, uh, he did didn't hold like he didn't hold back his punches a bit a little bit, but it uh he kind of like went into slump. Didn't want to get a different Robin for a while. It took a Nightwing time for Nightwing to actually convince him to bring another Robin in, but it was more of a you know he just continued his life the way it was because he knew that he had to keep going. Right. That's why you know I I like what they did with uh with Ben Affleck. His Batman looked like the way Batman should be. Just uh, certain things about the writing. Like, one, his Gotham is connected to Metropolis. If they would have disconnected that a little bit and kept Gotham far away, right. that would have made sense. Uh, two, um, his Bruce Wayne was on point, but his Batman, he didn't have, he had to use a voice modular, and I like that, too. You know, the voice modular was perfect. But it seems like it was Still, like, when he was acting as Batman, the talking and all that, it just seems like he was just lazy when he talked instead of trying to put fear or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's things that Ben Affleck himself as Batman kind of missed out on that I believe he could have done better within the right director. Uh, which, despite, is, which is what, yeah. yeah, I agree, which is because I don't know we can say that Zack Snyder is doing a great job with the Batman character. You know, like you said, I guess that's what you, this is where I would say this is like how you said. The way a director develops the character sets you up for the greatness to that. And you have to bring it to the table. I feel like it's true what you're saying, but I also feel like that he didn't know what to do too much to the Bruce Wayne of, of the of the franchise. He didn't know how to handle that part. Like, you know why? Because it well, was rushed on him. Well, yeah, he didn't want to do it. He didn't really want to tap into that. You know, Snack Snyder is a smart man, and he can definitely do his homework and get it right. But again, like I still don't feel like he probably would have done a good job with that character. It would have been too... You know, there are times where he makes things a little too complicated, of course. He's still a great, great developer and image and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it would have taken him a little bit longer. It just took it. It would have took it differently. I feel like Matt Reeves has it down packed just fine enough to the point where he just needed a he needed that actor. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if you would have put Ben Affleck in there and had a little bit more of the chemistry with it, it would have been a different tone and a different setup than what we got with Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. The only thing is that. Ben Affleck's Bruce would have had to been within years already, like years and years of having to have been fighting crime. So Joker would have been established, like all his villains would have been established completely uh, because of his age. Um, Matt Reeves, could he do it? Yes, Matt Reeves could do it. Because you saw what he's capable of doing here with the whole Batman as a detective. Can Ben Affleck pull off the detective Batman? Yes, he can. Mm -hmm. Because 
Ben Ben Affleck is a smart man. He's heck. He could have directed his own Batman film and got away with it. You know, like he has the ability of doing these things. Right. Uh, the problem is, uh, like you said right now, you know, he needed the right director for the right role. Uh, he was like he, this whole man of uh, Batman vs Superman movie was more of a, you know, it was more of a mix and match of like what can I do because the WB executives are not letting me create my own film. And when I do make this movie, it was supposed to be half Superman, half Batman. They're like, no, 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 we want more Batman. And, you know, it's like, well, who did you hire me for? Right, exactly. Like, my whole focus when I came to you was, hey, I want to make a story about Superman. I have a sequel in mind afterwards. I, you know, I got all this built up for Superman. If you push me away from it and you tell me, you know, we're going this way now, you're pretty much taking my vision off and now I got a revision. So sadly, you don't have, um, you're not back, you're not on the same train no more. You're on a new train to different destination. Yeah. That's what screwed Zack Snyder up. Yes, that really screwed that table up. So I, I think I, this is where I agree with you in the sense of you would have had it changed a lot of how the villains and the aging and all that kind of stuff, which is probably why they went, they had to go with the younger actor and they had to go with the younger, that, because you know, they that need younger. To screwed up. Right, exactly. That, that would have made more sense. That, well, that makes more sense of why they did so and why they moved to it being Patterson. You know what I mean? And I get that part. This is where I, I get why they had to change it. It's just. You wish just that they would have done it the way that it pissed you up because you like Ben Affleck, like a lot of people did. I uh, did. You I wanted did. Ben Affleck to have his, uh, kind of like how Andrew Garfield had his, you know, his uh, his moment within yeah. No Way Home, you know, where Andrew Garfield yes. finally came back and he showed, I'm still, you know, I'm a good Spider Man. People just right. didn't let me be the Spider Man I wanted to be. Correct. Here's Andrew Garfield with a brand new director, brand new direction, yep. working with two other Spider-Men who are liked also. Right. And he showed they could carry his own. That's exactly right. Yes, you're hitting it, man. Got the he's getting the right point, man. You're getting the, the whole point across here. That's what I'm talking about here. And it just it's <sighs> the problem is you're looking at Ben Affleck and you're looking at Patterson and people who keep looking at Patterson and Affleck. You guys forget one thing is the multiverse situation. Affleck is part of a different world. Patterson True. is part of his own world. Right. Uh, people who criticize the build or, you know, oh, he's not strong enough or, oh, he's not built me enough and stuff like that. He's not my Batman. Okay, cool. He's not your Batman. But don't, you know. Let people enjoy what they're enjoying. Like when I watched 89 Batman, that was my Batman. When Christian Bell came out, I liked him a little bit. I liked the story. I liked everything about it. I just didn't like the fact that he was so grounded because there was no mythology to him. There was no places. There was no man bat. It was all just military versus Batman. Uh, you know, that's pretty much it. You had League of Shadows and Batman. But it was all just Bruce Wayne taking on human beings. I agree. And this is, I agree with you in the sense of, you know, that was the trouble with that was the trouble with that Nolan verse. You know, he made it too, you know, human, human or listen, it, he made it too non-fictional 
but a little bit of fictional in it. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of it just because of the names that he carried with it, Bane, you know, Batman, Joker. So there's there's your non-fictional part of it. I mean, there's your fictional part of it, but your non-fictional was pretty much the story and and the action and all the setup and stuff where it it didn't connect to any of the superhero like comics or the superhero like um you know animated series or anything so that's where the this connection was for a lot of the batman fans you know that and the grumpy voice <laughs> you get back to the grumpy voice <laughs> yeah but, you know, think, uh, yeah go ahead well i'm gonna say like i you know again I, that's what i'm saying with the whole batman movie it's it uh it just i don't i, I still don't know i, I feel like he's not because he's different. not He's not like he's a different version. I get it, different timeline. No, no, I I, I'm telling you, I'm answering your question right away. He's not Batman yet. Yeah, I don't know if he can be though. That's the thing. I don't know if I can get that feel for him, for Patterson. Like the whole, he needs to definitely fix his Bruce Wayne a lot better. He I will. Think, maybe. If maybe you yeah, look at think, the end, at I the end like of the movie when be. he was, uh, yeah, at the end of the movie when he was like talking about how he should be something else. Right, more. He uh, he kind of like did a whole 360 and flipped over because he realized at that point, you know, he realized all this time I've been depressed, I've been sad, I've been, I've been like just living my life in the shadows, not caring about anybody, just trying to do what I can to like protect the city and that's it. Now I realize this, I have to be Bruce Wayne. I got to go out there and like check on people who, you know, these funds that they stole from my like his dad, you know, how his dad had all these fun money that he was saving up to build orphanages and help the orphans out, help all that. Kamar Valcon and all of them got to it and they did it, everything for themselves. So the Wayne's were going to look bad. Bruce, now knowing all that, he's going to go back and he's like, I'm going to fix what the wrongs that they did toward my father. I'm going to make the Wayne family the name more important again, which is yeah. what Opera keeps telling them is. You know, you could be Batman, but I need you to be Bruce Wayne. See what he kept telling him in that film? True. And it made more sense here than it did in Christian Bale's movie because Christian Bale was Bruce Wayne the whole time and Batman the whole time. Like, he already knew how to manipulate both because Rasha Gould taught him that. Right. This guy, he doesn't know how to do that yet. This guy is still hurting and he's like, he's barely getting to... You know, now that his eyes are wide open, it's going to be like the next movie. He's going to be talking to girls. He's going to be driving the smooth cars. You're going to see the James Bond, uh, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> before you see Batman. Uh, I hope so. He better get a haircut, too, because that long hair trying to be Bruce Wayne ain't cutting it, man. Ain't cutting nah, it. No, I think cutting. he should get a, because his haircut, yeah, he definitely needs a haircut. I I, I agree with you on that. He, he needs a haircut. He needs a whole total flip around on the look, you know, like he needs to have those suits that are fancy tailor-made suits that are the only way you could dress up like that is if you're Bruce Wayne. He needs to have cars that are like, you know, brand new modeled cars that people will be like, dang, that's what he's driving? Wow. Right. And he has to have that supermodel girl that he just shows up with toward any like a cinema or something. And, they don't, yeah. and the best part is they don't have to have them um, like, it could be just a simple glimpse on news. Bruce Wayne shows up with this supermodel at a certain movie event. 
boom, that's it. You don't have to have them, you know, you don't have to have them talk throughout the whole film with the supermodel. Just show up to the event. They caught it on camera. Gotham City, the, I like what I like about this movie that they didn't have it anywhere else is you have news anchors again. You have new, news anchors again? Yeah, you have news people displaying True. the news everywhere. With yeah. that, you could actually just do simple Bruce Wayne things without having to do Bruce Wayne everywhere. It still gives you a chance to make it more of a Batman film, which is what I love about this. Is it was a lot of Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, a lot um, of Batman. Because <laughs> nobody pays money to go see Bruce Wayne. Of course, we know it's Bruce, but we're not trying to see uh, Robert Pattinson's face 24-7, except for girls, probably. But, you know, I'm right. not there to see Robert Pattinson. I'm there to see Batman <laughs> kick ass. That's right. <laughs> like, us guys aren't there for that that actor, man. We want to see the we want to see the character. You hear me? The character, not the damn man. You feel me, girls? We want to see that. That's, see him. And that's see the one his- thing. I love about this movie. If they would have yeah. done that with Christian, with uh, Christian Bale or Ben Affleck, um, which one do you think would have worked out being Batman the whole time? I don't think Christian Bale could have been Batman the whole film. What? Actually, no, I like, I like. I, I think, think he every Batman. Been yeah, I feel like real uh, Bale would have been best as Batman throughout the whole series, and just glimpses of Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck, on the other hand, I think could have pulled off Bruce Wayne and then, like, he could have had, like, that simple, good old-fashioned Bruce Wayne uh, does certain things here and there, and then Batman shows up, like, when you least expect it. Right. I agree. That made more sense. Oh, man. I don't know. It, it was a good... It was good, but it just wasn't... It. I don't know where my disconnection was. I can't. I can't put I a pinpoint. I think because their disconnection is just that of the Batman himself. Maybe. You liked everything else around it, but you just the reason why you and probably a lot of people didn't like it is the same reason why I didn't like uh, Batman Begins at first, and it's because I was all Christian. Oh no, not Batman Begins. Batman Forever. I didn't like Batman Forever, and I definitely didn't like Batman and Robin. Green wise, because I was all about where's Michael freaking Keaton, you know? Yeah. I was like, Bell Thomas sucks. I was like, George Clooney totally sucks. George Clooney stunk the place up. That's true. So I was like, these two movies would have been better if they would have kept Keaton the way he was and Burton the way it was. But they got rid of the key factors. And then when I got these two new actors, I was like, that's not Batman. I watched it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't going to give them a 9 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. These two movies got like a 7.5 out of me. No, wait, I'm sorry. The Batman and then Robin one, that got like a 5 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like my... it. And the reason well, why I didn't yeah. like it is because of Mr. Freeze. Right. What were you going to say? No, I said, like, it just, yeah, I gave it the seven because it's just the connection. It, there's something off. And it, you know, the action sequences were good. You know, the fighting set, the fighting scenes were nice. Like I said, the Batman of the detective part on it was spot on. I feel like, yes, that was really good. That was really good. The whole detective part of it. I love the connection between him and Bat and him and Cat. That was a good setup. That was a good setup. Um, What's him and Gordon, too. 
Him and Gordon, yeah, him and Gordon's connection with each other was even good. You could tell this is why they develop a, um, a chemistry with each other and why Gordon wonders how come, you know, Batman trusts him the most. And the fact that he keeps saying to him, it's like, you're a good man, you're a good cop, you know, you're trustworthy, you're uncorruptible, you know what I mean? And here's and, one thing I want to tell you, though. This Gordon makes me feel like the Gordon that came from Chicago, because you know Gordon is a Chicago cop, right? I did not know such. So if you pay attention to every Gordon that's ever played Gordon, they don't have that Chicago vibe to them. I don't know why. I, I'm from Illinois, you know. I'm from Chicago. Not Chicago. I'm walking in close to Chicago, but we know that vibe. We know that Chicago vibe. Mm-hmm. If you look at every Gordon, which one do you feel like would have came from Chicago? I don't know. Oh. I feel like this Remember. one came from Chicago, even though because of the way he knew how to, like, he's been in these dump for such a long time, you know? He's been fighting these corrupt cops. Like, when he found out old dude's corrupt, he's like, do you want me to, I can bring him down. I'll do it. Like, dude, Chicago, we are going to go for it. Right. That's true. So, yeah, the connection with them two is good. The the Penguin was, you know, Colin Farrell's The Penguin was hilarious. Uh, a straight up, you know, mob guy, I think, also, too. Like, I love the factor that they had him sound like a straight up, you know, New York mob guy. You know, the, the accent was freaking even hilarious. The, the accents with Falcone was good. The, 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 the whole, you know, having it a mob feeling type of standard was in there and it made it. That part was entertaining. I love the I love the mafia style type of movies, and you know they brought that out really, really key, really key, really good, and it just sets it. It just sets a good picture. Like the whole point of the whole point of the movie. This is how I see it. I, I feel like it was um, uh, a Godfather mixed in with a little bit of sprinkle of Batman. You know what I mean? Put you know put Batman up in there, sprinkle him in there, and and it just put the key it just it was it was nice it was good it was good it just again like it i don't i, don't, I think because robert Pattinson not Batman much is uh yeah i think that's what's causing you I, to give it a seven is yes Pattinson it, isn't your uh your cup of tea right and his uh like i wanted to give him a chance but it just doesn't set right with me and then they kept having him show his shirt off it didn't even then like Okay, if you're going to have him show his shirt off, have him, you know, have him really look look like he's good to have his shirt off and stuff like that. So, yes. So, yes, the Robert Pattinson as Batman is is truly not really my cup of tea. It's not. Um, and I think that's why we need a sequel because, one, I want to see what, you know, uh, one, I like the, I love the Gotham. I love everything about the this world, you know. Yeah, I want more. That's the weird part is, you want more, and probably if they could just fix his Bruce Wayne, there might be a change there too. Uh, hopefully they change his suit. I think no, that's what I think. I think they're gonna upgrade the suit uh, a lot in this next film for sure. But keep the Batmobile. The, yeah, don't change the Batmobile. Maybe upgrade on on the armor part. Like have it a nice cool button. And have the armor and add attachment to it. You know, add attachment to a gun, or add add attachment to add attachment to that part. That would be pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's a good setup. But yeah, because that just, Batmobile was nice. It was. It was smooth. Very smooth. 
And I think the whole, you know, bat suit upgrade was definitely going to be there. But you also got to have, you also, I feel like they got to tell Patterson, look, Patterson, look, man, we're going to need you to hook up with uh, Chris Helmsworth. And we need to have you bulk up really good here, man. We need you to bulk up for this character because you got to look like a playboy guy when it comes to being Bruce Wayne. But you also got to look like a badass within the bat suit that we're going to give you. Upgrade, and if they even upgraded to the Arkham Asylum bat suit, that's a good style, maybe to the tent to the sense of how they would have it. This film, this next part film, having the gadgets and the arm sleeves, the the belt, of course, the definitely change how he can like float down, you know, the cities, the city lights and stuff like that. Because having that type of skydive suit ain't gonna cut it. You know what I mean? It's not gonna cut it. They gotta have him use the actual cape to glide down really well. I think so, because he since he's starting, like I said before, this Bruce Wayne's creating all of the gadgets are built by him and probably Alfred. So I right. think he's just getting ideas of like this is all like just spare at the moment, like everything he had in mind. I think right. in the next film, he's gonna start like you're gonna see a lot more improvement. And I think I think it does play in the key factor of him wanting to get himself out there a lot more and having connections with other people. So you're the way you stated earlier how it gives it the setup where he's gonna want to be more than be more than Batman and be a better Bruce Wayne, it's gonna open his eyes and in the sense of getting better ideas from other people, from other little things that he he's done objects, science, science, and stuff like that, and it's going to open the repertoire. So, that's what I mean. This setup of the Batman is good. As far as it becoming, as far as it coming from the actor, I need a major, I need a major upgrade in part two. That's my thing. I need a major upgrade for part two. Uh, because I did not have a connection to that, and he, I felt like he didn't have a connection to Alfred, which is a big big key factor to that to a Batman character too as well it just it just felt like a mafia movie it felt like a mafia movie but obviously with like I said Sprinkle of Batman and you had the Sprinkle of Batman because of the names the the Riddler you know Batman himself you know Penguin Catwoman and stuff like that so that's where I feel like I feel like that's where it is was the connection maybe he wasn't like supposed that. to have a connection with Alfred Maybe, maybe I don't know. If you listen to what he told Alfred when Alfred's trying to like stall him, like, "Hey, you got to be like this and that," he yeah. looks at Alfred and yells at him, "You're not my dad." Right, right, exactly, exactly. So right. this, uh, like I th- said before, I I feel like this Bruce Wayne is more uh, emotional and not like, you know, he's not really out there to be Bruce. He's not out there to be cheered. You know, he's not trying to. Uh, how you put it? He's not trying to be, get along with anybody. All right. So one thing I want to talk about is the introduction of each uh villain. Like when the Riddler is introduced, his entrance into the film, uh, his score to the music they play for him. Oh, uh, the one score. thing. Fantastic. Jeez, it tries. With I love, I love the score in this one. It really, man, it was a good theme. No lie, like I would buy the soundtrack to that. Just his uh, the entrance theme and Willis theme, I think, is uh, 
uh, has a little bit of the Ave Maria song into it. Yes, yes. Um, Catwoman had good scenes. I like Butler's uh, his like anger too. You know, like when he went and attacked that dude, you could hear like how angry he just is when he's punching and killing them and stuff like that. Yeah, the riddles that they wrote. Yeah. It felt like a good. That's. It felt like a good semi horror flick, you know, like serial killer type of style to it, which is good. They didn't have it. You see why they didn't do a rated R because there wasn't that much gory to it. You know, you didn't get to see the actual crime happening. You didn't really, you know, see the you know the smashing of the skulls or something like that. In that sense, you didn't get to see all that per- perception of it. So you just kind of like the old school Michael Myers movies where you didn't see it but you knew it happened. Right. So it was good. So that part I was okay with. You know what I mean? Um, like you said, the score was deli- good. The whole theme delicious. to Batman was... Don't say delicious, I know. <laughs> Shut up. You caught that. You're supposed to say it out loud, man. <laughs> but it was it was nice. It was... it was. Uh, I love the car theme when they were chasing, when uh, Pim and Penguin were kind of chasing down the street and stuff like that. Um, but it, I guess you could say the... the, the I don't know. It, that part was freaking awesome man it really was that really was that really helped kind of amp up to being it becoming a good movie because of the score when you don't have a good score to a movie it just doesn't connect better you know what i mean uh, not at all you need that score that fits the characters itself right um and how like okay the maria with a little bit of remix that they put in it fits riddler because of Riddler's backstory yeah or he used to be a choir boy if you looked at it. Um, and an orphan, too. Which, him being an orphan means that he was living with them, probably with nuns and stuff like that. Um, well, again, maybe he was living in the same orphanage that the Riddler was in. Yeah, true. Uh, another thing about Penguin, the thing I like about Penguin is, uh, like you said, you know, he looked like a New York style uh, mafia. mafia guy. The yep. way he talked, you know, like, forget about it. Hey, hey, hey you know. Hey, hey, what are you doing over there? Hey, yo. Hey, or when he, like, when he saw Bruce Wayne again, you know, he didn't call him, I forget what he called him, he gave him a different nickname, though. He called him champ. Hey, champ, but other than champ, he called him something else when he showed up again to talk about yeah. home. Yeah, he did. I forgot what it was at the table. He called, like, that was the second time he said it, too. So it's like that would be his nickname when he sees Bruce Wayne all the time now. And of course, he took over for Falcone, y'all. And Falcone, the way the guy who acts as Falcone, I liked him better than Batman Begins. And the reason why is because he felt more like a, a regular day mafia guy, like someone who plays poker with you, plays pool. The thing is, you're not supposed to tell which one is Falcone. And I think that's why it made sense that, you know, he's this old guy who got shot, like in the movie, where he got shot and Bruce Wayne's dad operated on him and saved his life. Right, and he I remember that part. Favor. Right, exactly. And this actor, John Turturro, I think it is, did a good job playing Falcone. I was like, man, yes. I want more of this Falcone guy. Right. And, of course, he died, but like, if they would have him in that Gotham City TV show, which I believe he will be because this is before the events right. of this movie... Exactly. I'm like, bring him on, you know, make yes. him be part of it. And at that too, it gives you the reason, like, I think this is where we're going to get the connection of how the story happened with Arkham and 
what's it called? The how everything happened after the death of Wayne and how they got the whole money on the on the renewal standpoint. So you get the. I think this is where it's going to come into place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it is. I feel like this is where we're going to find out more about how they, you know, the cops are all corrupt. And you're going to see a lot of that corruption going on in this. Right. Um, But, of course, there's a lot of good cops in there, too. Like, uh, Commissioner Gordon told him, like, when Falcone's like, I own the city and I own everything. And he's like, not everybody, I guess. Not exactly. Not all of us. Right. So that's a good part. That's a good connection. Maybe we'll get to see Dent's father portraying some portion of the film, too, as well. Maybe, he, like, his father becomes a key factor on why Dent becomes a lawyer. Probably we might even get Dent himself. I mean, Dent is supposed to already be around as a district attorney. Uh, or he's probably building up to it. I would say building up to it just because the district attorney was that guy, the bald-headed guy they end up killing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess he's building up to it. He's probably like a really good lawyer at the moment. You know, people hire young guy. Uh, he's might... a young, he's a young guy, young cat. You know what I mean? Bring his brand up. I think for part two, they're gonna basically involve him a little bit more, um, just because of the fact that this DA got killed off in the first film. Another thing I'm thinking about would be, uh, with him, it'd be cool if they play Dent off as a young friend of Bruce Wayne and not just somebody that just met him. Um, if they are childhood friends, it'll make sense, you know, like probably the Dents are also a rich family. And with them having this history, it'll make sense of why Bruce really wants to help them out. Like it's that brotherly friendship like we had, you know? True. So that's another thing. The second thing is, dude, you realize what we talked about back then when me and you were like making this film up in our mind and how it could go from there and on. Uh, how like the sequel could be based on this, and then the third movie could be the Court of Owls. That's right. I feel like That'd this is about crazy. to happen. I can, dude. Imagine if we get Court of Owls, if we get Michael Fassbender, Mister Freeze, all in that movie. I'll be that damn would... crazy. I, I would sit and watch it with popcorn, chips, nachos, everything. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there <laughs> with. I'll I feel like there. this is a good setup. It's a good setup. Yeah. I feel like this is it, this could lead into that factor, and this could definitely put that big key to part in the part two and part two franchise. Because we gotta understand something about you know we gotta say something. There cannot be a Batman movie without the Joker, right? So in a sense, but, you're gonna have the Court of Owls involvement into it. So there is a big possibility that you know ah, it's weird. It's here's the thing though. It's you gotta have the court of owls in there, possibly for a third film. But you got or you could do a two face. True. Maybe you do the court of owls two face. If you do part two, the sequel. If you do two face, you could start off with how Harvey Dent was guarded and everything, and all these deaths start happening again, like different deaths, different people have been shot, and. There's no clue. Like, there's a little bit of clues. There's no riddles now. So you got to He really has to go into detective style and figure out what's happening. And as the movie progresses, you find out it's been, you know, you find at the end, I would save Two-Face at the end, like, probably uh, have him do all these killings and all that. But instead of uh, getting Two-Face 
think all these killings, you you know about him, you know he exists, but you're following Harvey Dent throughout this whole film until like somewhere within the movie, you start getting glimpses of Harvey Dent and glimpses of Two Face. Like you get flashbacks of Harvey's life as a district attorney while right. he's Two Face. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, other villains you could bring into this would be uh, Hush would be another villain you could bring into this world. Man Bat, probably, because Man Bat could be easily brought in here, too. Um, the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Uh, Claw King is another one. Like, this Mad Reeves universe opened up the Bat universe the way we wanted to. But it I opens, think the best thing... Yeah. Say, it does open it up to a whole setup where there, there can be more than one in one film. And there can be more than two or three, but not be too too uh, detriment to the story and the plot. And if I was done, what I would do, I would not have Joker come out much. Keep Joker within the shadows. Have Joker, like, you know, if he commits a crime or something, or he's thrown in Arkham, like, stuff like that. Or probably uh, just show once in a while and probably kill somebody with laughing gas or something, you know? Like, not have him be a central character yet. Build it up. <sighs> it's going to be rough because here's the thing. Are are they looking at this film as a more as a trilogy in the movie theaters or are they looking at this film franchise as a seek as a sixth quote? You know what I mean? Because you got to understand something. If they're only looking at it as a trilogy standpoint, how you for a Batman film, you got to have a sole movie of the Joker. Oh, they will you know, get that. So it's kind of it, it's going to be very interesting to say uh, how can you do within two films in in that part of it. But you know that that's for future references. I feel you know we're going to dive into that. Me and you knowing us too, man, we can put all a plot and set up a whole episode there too as well. <laughs> and it's because me and you, we only did like three movies for this. You know, uh-huh. I believe me and you could set up a whole series of six films and add yes. where Joker could fit in. Yes, exactly. I agree, but I wonder now, how Rasha Gul will fit into this world. Very true, but I also want to know is who the heck was that little boy? Are they going to use that little boy as a key factor for future references? No, uh, that little boy he's he's a mere son. Uh, I know that for sure, but I think more likely it was a nod to Robin. Ah, see, yeah, true. Now would because that be? I think Imagine the one thing, okay? Uh, one, they were talking about orphanages, how the brother came from an orphanage. He was abandoned after he, you know, his dad died. He was abandoned. He grew up. He talked about how living in the orphanage was just hell. Right. Compared to, like, he was happy in prison. He's like, I, I've been here, you know, I, I don't mind being here. But he, you know, he lived his life in prison. Like, he lived his life, a sad life growing up. Uh, right. Bruce didn't realize that until he saw that one kid who died, whose dad died. You know, he still has a mom. He just mm-hmm. doesn't have a dad. But Bruce right. took that. Yeah, I think that's why he took this whole uh, thing more personal because of the fact that I think Bruce was more connected to his dad than he was to his mom. Very true. So I think uh, probably within the second film, we might get the Flying Graysons. 
Okay. That would be cool. Uh, I would do that. Me to the Flying Graysons. And probably that could be your next murder mystery. Is who killed the Flying Graysons? Yeah. Yeah, that could be. That could be. He, and he takes be right. a young Dick Grayson into his home. Yeah, I feel like that's a good setup to... What's the call? That's a good setup to that. You might be right to that. So, I, you know, I felt like that could have been a good setup. It it sets an open eye standpoint of like, all right, um, I think I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, the whole philanthropist part of Bruce Wayne and him becoming a good eye too, it opens up that window for him to do so. You know what I mean? Like, for him to to actually keep getting his name out there for some odd reason and, you know, him holding a, a, a carnival for the, you know, for the people and stuff like that, obviously saying that this is going to bring him money, like a fundraiser type of thing, accident happens, boom, we get, we get Robin. So, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good that's a good point. That's a good point there, old man. Because um, in the comics, what you could do easily to make it really interesting is probably somebody cut just a bit of one of the ropes. Oh, the two ropes. Yeah. So probably Dick Grayson is within, you know, he did his own little thing and he goes away. Now the parents go out there. And when the parents do their dual, like, flip and flop type of thing in the air, uh, probably the screen breaks when he's trying to catch his wife. And that's how they both could fall to the death like they do within the comic books. Right. Even Dick Grayson up there, like, watching the whole thing happen in front of him. I think that would be why Bruce is like, okay, I got to solve this death. Who did it? Who cut the rope? Who's behind all this? But also, I got to take this kid under my wing because he has nobody. Right, exactly. And then he'll remember what it was like to live in the orphanage. So he's like, not to live, but he remembers Riddler's story of how he lived in the orphanage. So he could be like, I'm not going to let this kid go through that, you know. he, I'll bring him to live with me. He'll, he'll have a good life. So it's like, him paying the debt that Thomas Wayne was trying to do with the orphanages by raising this kid up. Yeah, exactly. And it gets it even better. That's that's what's up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. I would do that. Yeah? Yeah, I would definitely do go with that. That's a good setup. Uh, what else did we talk about? What else we need to talk about when it comes Cat to Catwoman, what happens with her? Uh, Selena Kyle. I like her. Uh, like a good gets to set up the ending part of it where she's in me now become more of a thief standpoint just for fun, fun sake. So go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. She's way better than Anne Hathaway when it came to being Catwoman. Her oh, mannerisms, yeah. her yep. fighting skills. Like, you know, this girl could take care of herself. She said it too. Like, don't worry, I got myself, you know. And I like how at the end, you realize how he tells her right before she leaves. He's like, Selena. And she turns like to look at him like, I think she was hoping for him to say, stay with me, you know? Right, exactly. Like, but I think he wanted to say it too, but he thought of like, now he's thinking ahead of everything. Like, oh, all the things that could go wrong if she stayed. And he just said, take care of yourself. The other thing is too, I think he was more thinking about the fact that he it's in a sense remembering what happened when she was this close to possibly dying which at one point i was really saying to i was saying it to chloe i was like chloe i was like babe i'm like this woman better not die in this film i swear you're not if if she dies in this film the way how they were setting up i would be so pissed off at matt reeves that i'll be all over social media talking nothing but shit to this guy so i'm like she better not die 
they made it feel like it, of course, yes, which then, which is why you saw him, you know, inject himself with adrenaline, and it's like, yes, that's oh, the no. key fact. Uh, that's, that was an adrenaline. People have been saying that's Venom. Why? Because that's what Bane uses to build himself up. Well, how, but that's the thing. How do we know it's Venom? I don't even know. People just been saying that what he injected himself with was Venom. That's why he woke up right away. Like, he had more... If you look at the punches and everything, it was more stronger. Well, that's that's what adrenaline can do. It's the same thing with adrenaline. You inject yourself with adrenaline, you give yourself a boost of energy, and it's you're more... Like, you're honed in. Like, you're, out, you're, you're in and out. You know what I mean? So, that's where it feels like, you know, yeah, you could you could put that factor of it, but it's like, I don't know. Can you? Can you right yeah, now? Yeah, because I think that will build up little by little to saying, you know, uh, he had venom in his veins, and it could build up to later on it being uh, how... Bane starts utilizing more of it to become a bigger uh, weapon. Okay. Probably a, a small dose doesn't do much to you, but imagine it, you know, if you find a way to contract it into a device right, and right. it could, and you pump it into your veins, imagine right. what happens. True. Uh, you know, possibly. Okay. Well, besides that, pump himself up, you use that part, and he had to do so because he felt something like he was going to lose. At the, like he said before with Alfred, he felt the fear of possibly losing her where he just didn't want to do so, you know? Well, actually, that was more of when Alfred was there, too. He didn't want to lose Alfred either. I think that's when he realized he was about to lose somebody close to him that he grew up with, like a father figure. Well, that's what I mean. So if you don't want to lose, he felt like if he didn't want to lose her, Keeping her there ain't going to help out because it's like I already got enough with Alfred. Now having a woman on on the standpoint, it's really gonna. Mm, I don't know. So that's why. That's a good. That's a good setup. That's why he's like, nah, it's okay. You go. Yeah, you know, you take care of yourself, girl, because I got some other punanis I got to take care of. I got some other girls. Maybe poison ivy go come through. I don't know. <laughs> She might roll up up in there. I may get a Master of the Phantasm. She might come through. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, <laughs> speaking about Master of the Phantasm. But you know who I would cast if they were to do that movie? I would bring in uh, the girl who plays uh, Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. She comes out in uh, yeah. um, yep. Jumanji. Yep. I would agree with that, too. That's a, that's a, good, that's a, good, that's a good setup there. So, you know, good thing there. What are, what are the characters you want to discuss? Well, Connie was in there. Gordon was Penguin. good. I like Penguin. He, uh, his little walk that he had, too. Like, you can tell he wobbles a little bit, but not much. Because probably, like, he call, you know, he might have a bad leg or something. I like the, the nod way. to the I like the nod to the waddle part at the end. When he's walking on his, like, the leg. Well, he's all tied Yeah. When he's tied up, and he's like, when he got yeah. him wobbling like a penguin, like, hey, guys, what are you guys doing over there? Leave me? Oh, you guys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he screams it out, too. Yeah. I like that. I like, uh, of course, Falcone was great. I want to see who Maroni's going to be. If that's Falcone. You know, you need somebody just as good for Maroni. Um, for Maroni, I think his name is. Um, yeah. Gordon. 
I love Gordon. I love the fact the way he talks to Bruce. I like the fact that they both can light up the the light, you know, the best signal. And that's why when they both yeah. show up, they're like looking at each other like, Did you? No. What about you? No. I, I thought it was you. I thought it was you. All right, right. then who's up there? He gets his gun out right away, like, okay, let's go check. Exactly. 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 So that's the one thing about Gordon is he's always ready no matter what situation. He doesn't care if it's uh, a living blob trying to attack him. He'll get his gun out like, let's go. Right. Right. He's all good to go. This is good. I mean, that that gives you that whole setup to the point where if you have the Dark Knight Rises and you have the whole city takeover and you need Gordon to lead, that's that's the key factor. He'll do whatever he needs to do to kind of lead the, with the troops. So, not bad. Not bad at all. No. Any, any anybody else? Anybody else we gotta talk about? I think we t- chimed in pretty well. I think we took everybody in and then uh the Joker we talked about his scene. You didn't say much about him, did you? Who Joker? Eh, yeah. um, no, there's really not too much to say right now. I feel like it's no. uh mm, you know. Just building up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I agree. laughs> it's all it's getting there. It's getting there. It's all a key factor to the point. But yeah, guess we covered everything. I mean, the killings were interesting. I like the little how the rat ate up that one dude's face. That was crazy. Um, the bomb blowing up on that one guy. So, the yeah, bomb blowing up on one guy? What guy? The district attorney. Remember, he got blown up. Oh, yeah. True. Very true. Yes. So, the killings were pretty smart. I like how they had, uh, you know what the Canines remind me of? A little bit of Saw, in a way. That's what exactly what I said to Chloe. I did the same thing. I said the same thing to Chloe. Like, I got a, I got a whole Saw vibe here going on. <laughs> so, that was good. I agree. So, yeah, you could tell Matt Reeves, like, took pages from different movies and built this whole scenario up. Because mm-hmm. the clothing and everything, he had symbols, like the Riddler symbol looked more like the Zodiac Killer. Right. Um, Penguin remind me of like you know old school Scorsese, uh, you know Godfather, like you said, those type of mafia movies. That's what Penguin right. remind me of. Right. Catwoman remind me of uh, Uma Thurman and Kill Bill type. Yep, agreed. So yeah, there's so many things that were taken out of different movies that built this movie up to perfection. And yeah. of course, I still give it an eight point five. Still get a seven. I still get a yeah. seven. Like I said, it was a, a it was a factor of the whole Patterson being Batman and the connection to again. Like I said, the connection to him and Alfred is a key factor. Him as Batman and Bruce Wayne, key factor. Um, the storyline itself, great. At some points, a little dull. Just gotta say, there there are little dull points as far as what that was. I don't know. There's some parts of them that were a little, a very little, like. But again, once everything kind of ramped up, it ramped up pretty well. It just, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's where my testament is. Yeah, I agree. There's something odd about it, but well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what the sequel does. Uh, yeah, which is yeah. good that the first movie didn't come out blazing saddles and firing everything at once. I think yes. it's good to keep everything nice and slow and build up for the next movie. Because True. if you get everything at once, it's going to be hard to top the sequel. You know, It's going right. to be hard to top when you do the sequel or the third film. If you keep everything nice and slow with each, with each movie, 
you'll have people coming back to see the next one and the next one because Batman's a good character. You just need to know how to build them right. Yeah, it's really about the build. That's that's with Batman itself. It's about the build compared to Superman and all the other characters you got. His type of character is very hard to do. Like I said before. Because he requires so much attention to certain things. It, it's really the t- pay attention to detail part of it is where this, it really plays in plays in well for this guy. Yeah, it does completely. But Master of the Phantasm would fit this role perfect because of the fact that the Mafia has a key factor in his role. It, yes, the family life factor plays in a great key to Master of the Phantasm. And I think this is this is the limelight. This is that this is that setting for it. Maybe they I would say put it in a series for if they really want to. If they send Jason you know what? I want to post. I want to build a post if you could do that for me. I want to have uh Karen Julian, the girl from Jumanji, mm-hmm. post a picture of her. Let's see if I can find anything of her wearing like black that looks like uh the Phantasm suit. Mm-hmm. And post uh, Phantasm picture next to it and say, would this work for Pattinson? Oh, in, sure. in a Matt Reeves verse, be like, would, should this be next for Matt Reeves? With the right. question mark. I'll be down for that. Okay. Not bad. Right. See what we can do. Okay. All right, old man. Guess I think we got this movie down packed pretty well. Got a lot of critique into it. Got a lot of uh, you know p- opinions of what timelines and stuff like that fits well. So great job there, old man RJ. I think your old man and your, these later years in your life, um, you did you came together in this film and you you showed out. You showed out what's good to be old and what history is like in, in life. How <laughs> was so like I appreciate when I was in the, you. How was like when I was around Al Capone? Oh, that's another thing. Penguin. Resembles Al Capone. I was trying to say that for a while. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. The whole Al Capone part. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I just pointed just not... that out. I just, uh, Barber. Who, I feel like you know. uh, I feel like you could definitely... I feel like now going forward, like I said, with the HBO Max series, I hope he play, they give him a lot of attention. Um, and then part two, I feel like he's going to get a lot more... Obviously, a lot more like hold because now he's taking over that side of the business. He's going to have a lot of... That that particular um, what's it called? Family to worry about. Yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. that too. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, other than that, thank y'all for listening to our half and half review. Half mm-hmm. uh spoiler, half spoiler free. Thank y'all yep. for listening to that. Definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys have a good. You know, hope you guys watch it well. And like I said before, remember. To- uh, remember. Weekly. Remember to go out there with open mind, open sight, and um, give your own judgment. Don't play it too much in, in, into details in the sense of like in the beginning. Look, take take the movie as as is first and foremost, and make sure you're watching it because you're a fan, and you know give it your proper judgment based on just you. You know what I mean? Don't listen to us too much. Chime in with you if you agree with it afterwards. Then there you go. You got some good points to kind of chime into, but go into it with an open mind and uh, hope you guys like it. It's a good film, like we said. It's a good film to watch for sure. It is a good setup. It's a great depiction of the uh, detectiveness of, of a Batman, since we are Batman fanatics. Um, you know, and it was great. Just good to go see. A lot of characters played in a really good key factor to this and how well the film did. So you guys take care. Be good. Oh man, RJ. Anything else before we chime out? <laughs>
uh, well, thank y'all for, you know, for liking our page, listening to us on Spotify and every other podcast platform. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for being part of our Twitter account and our TikTok and our Facebook. I appreciate all the love and all the support y'all giving us recently. And uh, We will be coming back soon. WrestleMania is almost on its way and Tony Kid and me and hopefully the disappearing champion decides to come back and do, you know, a little title, <laughs> put his belt on the line. We might get that going on. If not, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for our next episode. Uh, we got so much coming on and I still think we could actually, one, we are going to talk about what would happen if uh, the 90s had a Justice League. We're going to chime in on that. Uh, I want to tag this film more, like attack it and see what we could do with it, build our own universe with it, and talk about what we would have done with Ben Affleck also. So there's a lot that me and Tony and Tony the Kid could do, and hopefully we get Zach the Mac on here too once in a while. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So go ahead, thank you. Close it out for you. All right, guys. Well, y'all take care. Be safe. Like like old man RJ, remember to follow us for sure. We definitely truly appreciate all the support that you guys give out to us. And it's crazy how much we've come far in this podcast and a lot of the views and a lot of listeners out there tuning in to listen to us on a day-to-day basis. It's great. It's good stuff. We truly appreciate it. And uh, we're just going to keep giving out content as much as possible just because we like doing this stuff. We like talking about these things, and it's good stuff to discuss and go out there. So remember, you guys, be safe, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll see you on the next flip-flop.